This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for Mass Live. I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe and our good pal, Chris Grenham of Forbes. We're going to do something a little different today to break down the draft. Nicole, who is not a huge draft person, is a huge bachelorette person. So Nicole is going to give me and Grenham groups of three, correct, Nicole? Yes, so I will be presenting three names of prospects. Tom and Chris are going to have to give their rose to one of the prospects, which if you aren't familiar with the Bachelorette franchise, which I'm sure if you haven't watched the show, you at least understand what giving a rose to someone means, which is like that's who they're picking, essentially. So yeah, that's what we're doing today. Let's do it. (laughs) Group number one, Aaron Naismith, sophomore out of Vandy. These are all wings. Desmond Bain, senior out of TCU, or Sadiq Bay, sophomore out of Villanova. Brennan, go ahead, man. All right. Well, I do have to say that obviously it's very clear that Sadiq Bay is my draft crush, but Desmond Bain is pretty awesome. And he really does fit the mold of what the Celtics are looking for almost to a T. I mean, if he was trying to help his cause during his combine interview, he really did just hyping up Marcus Smart, basically. I have a feeling Celtics Twitter might be giving Desmond Bain their rose. He's a smart guard, but I have to give it to Sadiq Bey because I'd be misleading everyone if I didn't. He's got one of the highest floors in this class, in my opinion. He's going to be able to space the floor, really versatile defender. He's a smart, classic Villanova player who comes out of Jay Wright's system, and I have complete trust in him to be a solid role player, which I think is what the Celtics could really use off the bench. He's a reliable shooter, and again, I just think he's probably more of the plug-and-play type material than a lot of guys in this class, so I think he could benefit the Celtics bench right away. I would love to be the contrarian and give my, well, not even a contrarian really, because like you said, Celtics uh, Twitter has fallen in love with Desmond Bain. But I, I think I'm with you on Sadiq Bay. Like Aaron Naismith obviously has plenty of potential too. I like Sadiq Bay's potential versatility on the defensive end a little bit more than I like Naismith's. 
But I just think he's the right call for everything you mentioned. Like the high floor is is really important. And I, I will say too, I really like the potential to have like real shooting wings who you can rely on around Marcus Smart. Smart has obviously shown that he's one of the best passers on the team. He is a guy who doesn't, like, especially playing with second units, didn't always have floor spacing. So literally, I think just putting somebody who you know is going to knock down a reasonable three-point rate on the floor next to him. Um, the one thing I will say that I like about Bain is I think he's going to be more of, like, a creator out of the pick and roll than Sadiq Bey is. I think Sadiq Bey is going to be a little bit more than just a 3 and D guy. I think there's going to be some aspects of his game that come out as well. And I do think that the Celtics will take a good look at the fact that Bain can do a little bit more than that. But I think when you look at his six foot four wingspan with a six foot six frame, there are some areas in Bain's game where I, I have, you know, some small concerns. So yeah. I'm with you on Sadiq Bay. I, I think that's the right call. I think your shot creation point on Bay is noteworthy because that is a problem and it kind of reared its head a little bit every now and again at Villanova. And I think a lot of that comes down to he's not the most athletic guy. And he's not that explosive. Well, neither but, of them are, really. Right, exactly. And But the Celtics aren't looking for someone to be crazy explosive and crazy athletic. They're just looking for someone to fill and know a role. And I honestly think all three of those guys would be able to do just that. You okay. can't really go wrong with those three. If those three guys are all available at 14 and the Celtics, can, and the Celtics don't trade up, I mean, take one yeah. of them. Yep. All right, group two. Killian Tilly, a senior out of Gonzaga. These are all bigs now. Paul Reed a junior out of DePaul, and Isaiah Stewart, a freshman out of Washington. Can I sell the pick? <laughs> this is going to be one of those bachelor weddings that just does not last for me. I guess I am not in love with any of these I was getting divorced very quickly. I'm getting a very quick divorce with <laughs> these three. Uh, Grenham, go ahead and pick Paul Reed. Yeah, you betcha. I'm going to go with Paul Reed for sure. But I think Killing Tilly's an intriguing guy. He has a horrible, horrible injury history. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like impossible not to look at that, but it is a major, major, but and a major, major if, but if he can somehow stay healthy, like he has a ton of upside and he really does fit the modern NBA really well. He's a great yeah. shooter. He has good size and he's pretty versatile for that size. So if somehow he can stay healthy, which again is a major if Killian Tilly would probably be my pick here. No offense. You know, Paul Reed's my guy, but I don't know. I am going to go with Paul Reed just because of his defensive skill set. He'd provide good length off the bench. His trend at DePaul is really promising too. He didn't finish his last season there all that well, but he's become such a better player over the last two and a half, three years. His ability to disrupt opposing teams using his length, using that really impressive athleticism would be nice to have off of any NBA bench. And if you're stuck with one of those later first round picks or that second round pick, I don't think that would be a bad pick at all. I think he's got a lot of defensive upside. Again, discipline on the offensive end, decision making, all those need to improve. But I think with a later pick, it'd be a solid grab. I am much lower on Paul Reed than you. I, I don't love his instincts. I uh, really don't love his offensive instincts. And I mean, honestly, like if we if we were giving it to one of these three, I might consider giving it to Isaiah Stewart. Like he's huge and he's he's yeah. like really strong. I'll give it to him. I mean, he was a high level high school guy. We know the Celtics like that. I didn't love that Washington team necessarily. I thought there were big problems there. So you know, I'll go with, I'll go with a guy who's who's shown that he can bang, that he can grab rebounds. Um, and you're not gonna have a lack of effort with him. You, I mean, and that's he the, works. Tail right. off. That's the yeah. thing it is, is you know he's going to try and, and maybe the Celtics can do something with that. I'll, I'll, I'll give mine to Isaiah Stewart. I won't love any of them, but uh, that, <laughs> that, that was a tough one for me. Group three, we have guards. Tyrese Halliburton, a sophomore out of Iowa State. Tyrese Maxey, a freshman out of Kentucky. 
And Tyrell Terry, a freshman out of Stanford. Mm, I like this one. That's a good crew. You can't really go wrong. Uh, I'm going to go with Halliburton here. I like his fit in Boston. He's smart as hell. He has really good court vision. Um, he's pretty long, and he can shoot the ball. He's just got a pretty expansive offensive game, and he could be that nice playmaker off the bench, especially if Wanamaker uh, leaves town this offseason. I was going to say summer, but this offseason. He doesn't have a ton of burst, but again, like that's okay. You're not looking for a guy like him to be the explosive scorer. He'd be that nice playmaker off the bench, and he's a creative passer who can see the floor really well. Kind of like what I was talking about with Bay. He would just be a reliable depth piece, which could help this team right away. I'm with you that I, I, if I was, I would, I would give my, give my rose to how yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep sticking with, yeah, yeah, right. come on, <laughs> you know, two strikes in here, buddy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think he's the right call. I mean, we, we've talked about it before. I think a decent comp for him is like Evan Turner. If Evan Turner could shoot more, he's versatile, talented. If I were the Celtics, I think I would be looking really hard at Tyrell Terry. I, I love what he could do off the bench. It's encouraging yeah. to hear all the, you know, all the kind of the rumors that are floating around about him putting on weight and him potentially growing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just think like his ability to potentially warp defenses, his passing and his handle is, is, is quite strong too. Like when he gets downhill, like, and he gets into the pick and roll, he's pretty tough. So being able to shoot off the bounce is maybe one of the most important skills in the NBA right now, at least in terms of the offensive end. And he can definitely do that. Like he can come around to pick, snake around to pick, do whatever. Like he's, yeah. I think he's going to be able to do all that stuff. So, you know, if I'm the Celtics, I would take him both because I want scoring off the bench, but also because like, I think there's a non-zero chance that he develops into a starting NBA point guard. And if you do that, then like he's got a chance to develop behind Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart for a few years. And then maybe you have your point guard of the future. Like I think that's super valuable too. So I'll go with Terry here. I think Halliburton would be a great pick, and I think he's kind of out of their league. So it's kind of yeah. a weird one that way. I'll go with Terry just kind of for the, I guess, the realism aspect of it. Keeping with the metaphor, out of their league. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well done. Like, I don't want I don't want to, uh, Halliburton to say no to my rose, so I'm going <laughs> with Terry here. All right, group four, back to wings. Isaac Okoro, a freshman out of Auburn. Denny Avija, a 19-year-old out of Israel, and Devin Vassell, a sophomore out of Florida State. I'm a big Vassell guy and I'm a big Okoro guy, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to give my rose to Okoro. I think he should be a top three pick. I don't know if he will be. His ceiling's a bit lower, but again, Tom and I have gone back to this so many times. This might be a draft where you go with a guy with a higher floor and maybe a little bit of a lower ceiling. His defensive versatility is like sky high, and he could be a really good role player right off the bat. His off-ball defense and team defense is really good, and that's a lot of times a, a skill or an area of defense that college guys lack. He can operate in the pick and roll pretty well. He probably needs to become a bit of a more reliable shooter if you're going to look for consistent contributions offensively. But if you're getting that smart, versatile defender, smart pick and roll operator, like that's that's a no-brainer in my opinion. I mean, I, I respect the Acora pick. And I, you're a little higher on him than I am, I, yeah. although I, I do really like him. I'm going to go with Vassell. For two reasons. Number one, I think there's a very reasonable chance that Vassell is the best wing in this draft. You know, the, the thing with Okoro is that he's certainly the superior defender. I don't know that he's as superior a defender as to make up for how good Vassell is as a shooter. It's kind of what do you want, right? Because with Okoro, you get a little bit more of the creation. With Vassell, you get a lot more of the floor spacing. With Okoro, you get more of the uh, of the defense, too. But, like, Vassell's no slouch on that end, either. He's a really right. good defender. Right. So I'm going to go with the guy who I know is going to be able to space the floor, who, I like, I'm very confident that Devin Vassell's shot is going to translate to the NBA level. I trust a guy who can 
pull up and, and who can uh, spot up really comfortably. I'm, I'm going to give mine to Vassell just because I don't know that I think the defensive upside of Okoro is going to overcome the floor spacing of Vassell, but I, I can I can certainly see the argument for either one. I think that's fair because, I mean, Vassell is certainly no slouch defensively either. He's a smart team defender. Yeah. And right. he's a smart on-ball defender too. He moves pretty well. So it's not like Vassell lacks a ton on defensive end. So I, I think you're reasoning spot on. I don't know about you. I'm so low on Denny Avdia. Like, I just don't <sighs> trust that guy at all. I don't either. And his combine interview didn't really help. I don't know. I'm just not – I'm not getting good vibes. I'm not getting good vibes for whatever reason. Interesting. Yeah. Group five, Killian Hayes, a 19-year-old out of France. Cole Anthony, a freshman out of UNC, and Kira Lewis Jr., a sophomore out of Alabama. This is an easy one for me. Killian Hayes, like for sure. Like I would take Killian Hayes like in the top three, eh, top five, top three, somewhere in there. I would take him very high. Um, I would not take either of the other guys very high. I, I think his shot is going to come along. I, I don't actually have like as many concerns as I know some people have with it. I, I really like him. I think he's a, a very high pick. I'm lower than a lot of people on Lewis. I don't know why. I'm sure I'm missing something because, you know, a lot of people are much higher on him than I am. And then, uh, I mean, I, I like Cole Anthony. I, I would take him. I would take him at 14 if he's available just because, again, talking about the scoring punch off the bench. But for me, it's Killian Hayes for sure. If Killian Hayes didn't already have a rose, he would be my pick as well. So I'll go with Cole Anthony here. I'm still a little bit up in the air on Lewis. I like Cole Anthony's offensive game. I think he was in a really crappy spot last year. Just a bad roster, and if there wasn't a bad player, there was a good chance they were hurt at some point. He can score with basically any guard in this draft. I mean, his perimeter confidence and upside is good. He's really athletic. People were complaining about the lack of scoring off the Celtics bench. I mean, he's a guy who would bring it right away. He'd be a nice offensive burst. From that alone, if he's around at 14 and the Celtics were to take him, I think that's totally a good pick from his sheer offensive standpoint. Agreed. Just a kind of hammer home why I would take Killian Hayes too. I like Cole Anthony quite a bit. I think that with this Celtics team, his role tops out as sixth man scorer. Like I don't really see him as like a starting point guard necessarily in the NBA. I, that's the other reason why I really like Hayes is kind of like Tyrell Terry. I think that with him, you're looking at a guy who can come off the bench right now, be a contributor, and then down the road, maybe develop into your starting point guard. So yeah, you're kind of, I, I, I agree on Anthony, his playmaking ability or lack thereof is a bit concerning. Yeah. Uh, just acting as a playmaker, I should say. And that, from a long-term standpoint, with being that number one guy, I totally agree. That is a little bit concerning. But he's a bucket, and the I like, need buckets. So, I yeah. like buckets. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's why he's got my rose. Fair. This is group six, the last of the positional trios. We are back to bigs. We have Obi Toppin, a redshirt sophomore out of Dayton. Alexei Pokusevsky, an 18-year-old from Serbia. One time for Nicole nailing that name. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And Precious Achua, a freshman out of Memphis. So this is an interesting bunch because, yeah. like, I mean, I, like, there's one guy obviously who's like much higher in like lottery projections, but none of them are guarantees to me. But yeah, Granum, you go ahead first. This is tough. I'm gonna go with Achua just because I feel. Wow. Okay. I feel most comfortable with his skill set, at least my knowledge of it at this point. He's 6'9", like 230, and he's crazy athletic. He's got a 7'3", 7'2", wingspan, something like that. Like, he could be a really nice, versatile front court piece, and I think that is appealing. Not necessarily saying for the Celtics and what the Celtics are looking for, but I think if his feel for the game improves a little bit and Boston would want to go with a big, like, he would definitely be an intriguing option 
he needs to improve as a shooter if he's going to stretch the floor a little bit. Like that could be a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why but, I said wow. <laughs> but he's strong. He's long. He's athletic. He's a good pick and roll guy. I think it's appealing. I'll go with him, but it's a very hesitant Rose. It kind of depends on what you're going for here, because if if I'm the Celtics, I think I'm taking Pokasevsky. Put him in Maine for a year, or or like you know let him yeah. develop somehow. He's seven feet tall. He can you know shoot a little bit. He can dribble a little bit. He can pass a little bit. He's so fun. And just defensively, like the way he moves, I think there's a lot of potential there. Like there's you know I've seen a couple of people compare him to uh, to Jonathan Isaac, just like a comp. Not like he's going to be Jonathan Isaac, but right. like yeah. you know fluid in that way, moves like a guard, can do some things like a guard. So. Give me that super high upside guy, especially considering that I don't need him to contribute specifically this season. I don't trust Toppin's defense enough. The the side to side movement is just isn't there. And and like in the NBA, like I mean, we we've seen you can be as vertical as you want. Like and and Toppin certainly is. But like Rob Williams is incredibly incredibly vertical, and the Celtics are like six points per 100 possessions worse defensively or whatever right. it is with him on the floor. Yeah. So I'll go with Pokusevsky. Pokusevsky's definitely the most fun of the bunch mm-hmm. for sure. He moves so well for his size, which would be a ton of fun to watch develop. And we've heard Danny talk about the possibility of a project. I mean, he was going through a variety of options when he said that, but he would be the perfect project to go after. I mean, I don't know what his situation is in terms of stashing and that sort of thing, but he could go up to Maine and play there for a year and get more time and and some nice developing time with that staff. I think that would do him wonders. Side note from a stash perspective, could Leandro Balmero have done anything more than to like shout to the Celtics, like draft me, than say that he's staying in Barcelona? Literally, I'm (laughs) staying here. I can get my time here, develop. Yeah, use it i mean it would Draft make a Romero, please for me oh my god I, I would, you and i were talking about him months ago watching random highlight packages of him if they were to do that it, it would be perfect i mean again a lot of it falls on if they keep all their first rounders or if they keep a couple first rounders because it all depends on if they trade up maybe with that first pick but man that would be perfect that's really good <laughs> yeah So then for the next groups, these are all based on what mock drafts have projected the Celtics to pick. So the first bunch is for the 14th pick. We have Precious Achua, as selected by Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Kira Lewis Jr., as selected by Sam Bassini from The Athletic. And Patrick Williams, who we have yet to talk about, a freshman out of Florida State, a wing, and this was just from Tankathon. So, all right, I'll give my rose to uh, Patrick Williams. Again, this is these are three guys that I'm not like huge on, but I'm I'm most interested in Williams. I I mean, just like the versatility is, is really interesting. I, I think that there is some Grant Williams to his game. He's powerfully built. He's going to be able to guard a bunch of different positions. I think that there's potential for him to become a, a shooter down the line. I'm not 100% certain that I think that he's going to be there. Like a lot of the reporting sounds like he's really rising on a lot of people's boards. But that said, like we've talked before, this draft is going to be crazy. I think just about anybody outside of like the top five could be anywhere. So I'll go with Williams here. It's an interesting grouping. Yeah, I'm not crazy about any of these three either. I'll go with Kira Lewis at a process of elimination here. I don't necessarily think he would be a bad get for the Celtics. I just think, you know, a guy like Tyrese Maxey might be a better guard, Cole Anthony, someone like that. But Lewis is really athletic. He's got good burst. I mean, he can create his own shot and uses his body pretty well for a guy his age, a guy his size. A guy like that who works really hard on both ends, like that's a pretty good grab coming off the bench. And you need guard help, assuming Wanamaker might not be back. So he's not terribly versatile um, on defense because of his size, and that kind of limits him on that end. But again, from an offensive standpoint, 
point. Yeah, he's a little bit erratic, but he can create his own shot. He's got good bursts. He's pretty athletic. I, I think that wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad pick at all for the Celtics. That athleticism makes me hopeful into what you know other areas of his game might be able to develop. That's fair. So we have another 14th pick, or we have another grouping for the 14th pick. This time it's Jalen Smith, a sophomore big out of Maryland. That's selected by Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report. RJ Hampton, a 19-year-old guard out of New Zealand that was selected by Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz of ESPN. And Sadiq Bey, as we all are familiar with, as selected by Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. As selected by Chris Grenham of <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna give him my rose again. Well here, let uh, me go first because he actually would not be my first pick out yeah, of so tell, would, yeah, so tell yeah, so I would take, go with RJ Hampton. Um the more I watch RJ Hampton, the more I'm like higher and higher on what I think he could really? bring to the Celtics. Everybody knows that he's athletic. Everybody's seen the high school tape. I, I think that there's a lot to be said for a kid going overseas trying to play professional basketball and like learning a lot of stuff you know he had some nice games at the beginning obviously his production tailed off and you know that there were certainly he struggled more as as the Australian season went on but like I liked what he did early on I liked how he showed he could contribute and I think that there is potential to be more than just kind of a contributor there like I I like his shot more than some people do I I think that it's going to translate I love his athleticism I think there's something to be said for a guy who you've seen him play a role and he can kind of do it but also you just know he can hoop he can just play basketball he can go get a bucket say whatever you want about all the other stuff I mean like look at Tyler Hero as an example of this right where it's like you know like okay he's got short arms you know that there's physical limitations there that you're just not sure about but you know that he can just hoop like you know he can get a bucket you know he can do some of this stuff and not that RJ Hampton is like a perfect one-to-one with Tyler Hero but in that same kind of mold of a guy where I think he's going to be able to score I think he's going to be able to do just a lot of basketball things yeah, I mean, he projects as a nice combo guard. I'm not, yeah. I'm much lower on his shot. Like he's got that athleticism where you hope he can make those adjustments down the road better than another guy might. He's going to need to get stronger. That's certainly a thing. But again, like it's not like he's 23. So he, he's got time to get stronger. So I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I'll try not to be too repetitive here with Sadiq Bay and giving my rose to him once again. What else can I say about him, man? (laughs) Defensively, his defensive versatility and IQ is probably my favorite area of his that I think is NBA ready right now. I've been watching him since he was at Sidwell Friends in high school, and he was always versatile defensively. But as he's grown and he's gotten stronger, it's only gotten better and better. And his offensive game has only gotten better and better. And so it's like as his body changes and as he kind of figures some things out, He's only shown improvements. He's never really regressed. And and just watching that trend has made me pretty hopeful. And he works hard. I mean, he's from a good yeah. system. I love Jay Wright's system. And he's shown to produce those really good role players. So take all my roses, Sadiq. <laughs> On to the grouping for the 26th pick. Leandro Balmero, as selected by multiple outlets, including KOC from The Ringer, Sam Bassini from The Athletic, and Jeremy Wu from SI. Jaden McDaniels, a freshman out of Washington, as selected by Jonathan Wasserman from VR. And Robert Woodard, a sophomore out of Mississippi State, as selected by Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz of ESPN. I haven't, like, read the blurbs of, of all those guys yet, but with Bolmero, I guarantee all of them say something along the lines of, the Celtics probably won't use all three of their picks. Yeah. But if they do, one of them will probably be a draft and stash. And here's Leandro Bolmero. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm going to take Bolmero just because I would love to watch him. Again, because I'm the, the guy. probably won't use all their probably, picks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if they do, it would be a great for a draft and stash. This is a draft that doesn't have a whole lot of draft and stash guys. And so for someone like Bolmero, who has a ton of upside and has already been very clear, like Tom said before, basically shouting at teams like the Celtics, hey, I'm a perfect stash candidate. Take me in the late first round. It works out very well. And I, I think he's a really really creative player. And I think he's someone with a ton of upside who if you're the Celtics and you keep those late first round picks, I mean, I I think it would be perfect. And selfishly, I would just love to follow Barcelona at the same time and and watch him play. You put me in a tough spot here. because (laughs) I wasn't going to take Robert Woodard (laughs) over Balmero. I I couldn't do it. Robert Woodard. I don't want to take Jaden McDaniels. I'll take Jaden McDaniels. With McDaniels, you're you're hoping that there's something there that he hasn't shown at literally any level of basketball. Like, if I was going to pick between those two, I guess I would – honestly, no, I take that back. If I was going to pick between those two, I would take Woodard. I don't trust Jaden McDaniels at all. I don't I don't trust McDaniels either. Like from an outsider's view, he looks like an NBA player. He's tall, oh, he's yeah. pretty big. I mean, <laughs> he's got the size, but you see that guy walk in, you're like, man, I bet you hoop. And he's like pretty athletic, he's a good lateral mover, but and, and that's the interesting thing where it's like but between those two guys is like McDaniels has defensive potential because like right. you said, he can move really well laterally, he's so long, like yeah. there there's something there. But then with Woodard, it's like he can actually like block shots. And mm-hmm. he's six seven. To have like a six seven like wing player who is kind of a who can be something of a of a rim protector like that's more yeah. intriguing to me that's the interesting conversation right is like do you want the guy where you're pretty sure he's going to be able to to move laterally or do you want the guy who's kind of got like outlier skills defensively as a forward right now? all right last group for the 30th pick we have Killian Tilly as selected by KOC Robert Woodard again as selected by Sam Vecini and Desmond Bain as selected by Jeremy Wu if Desmond Baines there at 30, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely take that guy. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about him before, but like, just to describe him a little bit more, like, yeah, I, I like that he can play in the pick and roll. He did more of that than I expected this past year. I like that he can shoot. I think that the shooting could result in like a decent like floater game, which I think he's going to need because of his lack of length. And I think just generally he's a high IQ player. He tries hard on defense. He's not like a freak athletically or, or like, you know, lengthwise. So there will be limitations. He's not going to be like a perfect defender, but like talk about a guy who's just like in position and uh, can be kind of disruptive in that way. I think he'll be good in passing lanes, especially in the NBA where like you really get a good sense of what every other team's like set is going to be. I, I think that will benefit him quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, scoring punch off the bench and and, and just some uh, three and D, I guess, potential there with with the potential to do a little bit more. I, I think he's I, out of those three. I think he's a steal. I mean, I'd be shocked if he if he lands that late. I mean, like you said, he'd be a total steal. I'm gonna give mine to Tilly, but let me just read off the list of injuries here, just so we're being as yeah, transparent as possible. You know, partially torn ligament in his right foot, a hip pointer, a couple sprained ankles, knee surgery, and a broken finger. That is in three seasons at Gonzaga. So that is concerning to say the least. I like to give out my roses on durability. I'm not doing it with this one. I'm giving it on upside. I mean, he has, we said it before, he has first round talent. A clean bill of health would be nothing short of a miracle at this point, probably. But if he can do that, like he's perfect for the modern NBA. He's a versatile shooter. He's big. And he's got really good size, really fluid mechanics, and a quick release. He can shoot off screens. He shot almost 45% at Gonzaga from deep. Like, 
that's really, really impressive for his size. And he's confident in spot-up situations. Like, his versatility as a shooter with his size is really, really something. And, again, it's all dependent on his health, which is a major, major dependence. But if he can stay healthy and you're able to get him at 30 or in the second round, I think he'll probably end up going in the second round. So, I mean, obviously, like, the foot and, and like, the uh, meniscus and all that, like, those are concerning. But, like, if the most recent injuries are, like, sprained ankles and, like, fingers and stuff like that, then I have less concern about drafting him. But if, like... The finger, I think, was freshman year. Okay. I think well, that like, was if, one of basically, the Basically, like, what I'm saying is if his foot injury is what's, like, affecting him now, then it's right. like, yeah, that probably is a result of some of the other injuries, and that worries me. I can try and find it, but... Presumably um, the Celtics have this information and would be able to make that decision for themselves. I would hope yeah. so. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, so the the finger was his freshman year. The preventative knee surgery, I think, was at the end of his second season, but I could be wrong on that. It's a lot of injuries. Yeah, Anytime yeah. we're talking about a draft prospect and we're trying to put his injuries in order, it's probably a red flag. But yeah, Right, right, yeah. for sure. It sucks because I really love watching him play. Like, he's really, really, really good. Player. He's yeah. really good. I mean, I would say, too, if, like, if the Celtics made, you know, some kind of a move where they they did kind of trim up the guys that they had at the end of their bench now, yeah. like, if they traded some of those rookies that they drafted last year just to kind of clear some space and they ended yeah. up using multiple of their picks, I would absolutely take Tilly with the 30th. I think that's a risk you, you don't have any problem taking because I think there, there is legitimate, like, steal potential there. For sure. Were you surprised by, I mean, it definitely sounds like you were surprised by Desmond Bain being available at 30, but were you surprised by the selections that people have made so far with the 14th pick? And is there anybody, um, not that you guys have to make a pick? Actually, yeah, if you want, you can say who you would pick at 14th or. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that anybody really surprised me, which I know is kind of, it's kind of a cop out, but like the realistic answer is that like once you get past like seven, eight in this draft, anybody could be available anywhere. I mean, I think the only one that was a little surprising to me was Patrick Williams because we've just heard so much about him rising, but like there's no guarantee of that. Like, like if the Cavs don't want Patrick Williams specifically, if the, then the Hawks don't want Patrick Williams specifically, like it slides happen in any draft and they could absolutely happen in this one. So I mean, that was probably the, the most surprising one to me, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I guess, like, my pick would be Tyrell Terry. There is something about that kid where I'm like, it's possible that he's a little too small for the NBA. It's possible that, he, you know, he's not, like, a freak athlete or anything like that. But there's just something about him where I'm like, there, there might be something more than role player potential there. And, and maybe he doesn't reach it. Maybe he washes out quickly. I don't know. But, like, the shooting, the handling, the the passing, the pick and roll play, all of that stuff, I don't know. I, I think there's I think there's a lot of potential for him. I also think his floor is higher than a lot of people give him credit I for. Agree. I agree. Um, because yeah. a lot of his minuses and his weaknesses, they're totally fixable, especially for a young guy like him. They're not like really, really massive, massive weaknesses. And a lot of them are because he was a small shooter in college who a lot of times would come down and just yank shots coming off screens a little bit too closely and that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of ways that his game could be tuned very, very quickly. I know we talked about those rumors before, but if he did grow a little bit and he did, I mean, he certainly looks bigger in the workout yeah, videos that um, his agency has put out there. Like he does look a lot stronger. That's going to help his finishing around the rim quite a bit. And he's creative as hell. Even as a small guy, kind of similar to Tremont Waters, his finishing package has continued to develop as he's gotten older. And that's a great sign. 
It's also a sign of a smart guard because you got to be able to, you know, have good body control when you're that size. And he does. But I totally agree. He, more than a lot of guards in this class, has that like, well, maybe he could really like blow up pretty quickly. Like if, if everything goes right for him and it's totally possible if he lands in the right situation, he's a guy where you really hope he does because if he doesn't, it could go, it could go the other direction pretty fast. Um, for sure. As far as number 14, like I want that floor spacing wing who can provide shooting. That's been my target for the Celtics all along. So I would stick with a guy. Again, I don't think Vassell is going to last that long. I think a guy like uh, Sadiq Bay or Naismith would be good. But if we're talking about that 14th pick, like packaging a couple of these picks with a young player, if you have the opportunity to move into that mid-lottery area, seems like a really appealing option for me. Again, that depends on who starts to slip after the first couple picks and who doesn't. So it's all game time decisions, but I think that would be a really appealing option if if you're the Celtics because you can't really use all these picks. For sure. I mean, like the thing is, like you said, it depends who slips because like, I don't want to trade up and then end up with Obi Toppin. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, trading up is inherently risky. It's not a move that you, you really shouldn't ever be banking on doing that. Really, no matter the draft. I don't want to be the trade up guy, but I, it, it has been in my mind quite a bit lately. I think it's an appealing option if you have the opportunity to do so. All right, guys. Well, thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Thank you to Chris Grenham for uh, coming on and doing our wonky Bachelorette draft <laughs> episode. We appreciate you. Leave us a five-star review, and uh, we will talk to you all next week. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other websites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st.